Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today as we continue our study of the Word of God. I will give you a couple of ways to reach us. First, by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or by email at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. Again, that's Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. And today we continue our series on learning from Moses. And as we have talked in this series and have talked about uh, the, the lessons and what we've uh, learned and, and what how God has just continually works with his people. Uh, we read a scripture, I believe last week in the book of Genesis, uh, how it talks that, how the Lord uh, um, talk about how that we are, we are taken from stages in the scriptures. And there is a scripture that says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And that's not in Genesis, but I'll, I'll, find, I'll write that in the notes. But my point being that as we move forward, as we go forward in our study, study of the word of God, we'll, we, can, we should be able to relate what happens in the uh, Old Testament to what's going, what, how that Jesus is moving, not only in his day, how the disciples move and God moved in their day, but also how he's moving with us. And I believe uh, we've read a few scriptures, and one in particular that I really love and want to read again in your hearing is this is over in the book of Romans. This is Romans 15:4, And as we read this again, this is why it's, it's, it's important for us as believers to read the whole Bible. Because all of the word of God is good. Yes, we have an Old Testament and we have a New Testament. But both of them are promises. The, the law as we know and that was written, it was good. However, the problem was us. We could not, man I'm talking about, could not. If the word, the law was given to the Jewish nation and they kept it as God gave it to them. And evidence has shown that uh, even some of the older scriptures, some people say, well, you know, it was written by white men. It was written by men who, who uh, changed the words of the scriptures. But uh, God allowed and, and preserved some of those old scrolls that... Um, Many of the ancient sects, how they stored those in jars and whatever the case may be, and they found them in caves. And when they compared the writings that they had, and most of these were the law, and many of the scriptures from the uh, Old Testament, the prophets, and the uh, Psalms and Proverbs, and whatever else they may have found. But point being, when they compared what they found to what we have today in the King James Version, it's, 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 uh, it's accurate. And so many, as Romans 3 said, what if some don't believe? Does it make the word of God of none effect? No, because the word of God, the scripture said, let every man be a lie, but God be truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And this light, as the scripture says, has shined in the darkness. Jesus is that light. He is the way. And there is no other Savior. There's no other God. There's no one else. There's no other way to God. Jesus is the way. And I know there are other Bibles. There are other, there are other uh, uh, books. There are other religions. There are other beliefs that people may have. And in this, God has, so, as he told, spoke to uh, uh, the leader, uh, uh, Joshua. Joshua said that the children of Israel had begun to settle in the promised land. He said, choose you this day. Whom you will serve. He says, you choose. And this is what we have. We have a choice to make as believers, as non-believers, that whether you believe the word of God is right 
Or is it just some fairy tale that men had made up? But men died for this, this gospel, this word of God. Women died for this. There were some who uh, had the audacity to uh, take the Bible that was written in, 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 uh, in Greek and Hebrew and, and Latin and uh, in the, in the uh, Roman, in the height of the Roman uh, church, uh, the Catholic church rather. And what they did was some of them were burned at the state because they dared write the Bible in a language, in a form that the common man, the everyday man, the, uh, the, the, the James and the Joes could read it and take it. And whether, where they could have their faith built. And they didn't have to depend on the prop, on the uh, priest. They didn't have to depend on on the uh, the pope. They could take the Bible and read it for themselves, and the very life of God could be ignited in their soul with them believing in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So again, we're reading today, and we're going to start out and again in the book of uh, Exodus. And in Exodus, uh, we're going to start in the, in the latter part of chapter four where we ended last last time, and. We're going to pick up to where God, um, Moses has been introduced to the children of Israel. He's left his, uh, his father-in-law Jethro. He's went down to the Hebrew children and said, look, God has sent me. I'm just going to read a few verses here in Hebrews 4:22, And it says, Hebrews 4, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4 and 29. And it says, and Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord has spoken unto Moses. And did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and they he had looked upon their afflictions. Then they bowed their heads and worshiped. Because of their prayers, scripture says that he heard their groans, he heard their cry. And now they're gonna they're gonna they've got to now, they've heard the word, they believed that what uh, Moses and Aaron had spoken to them. And now they're waiting on their day of deliverance. I can imagine their heart leaping, having been in Egypt now for over 400 years. And now they can see a day. And this was what we looked for in the, as the body of Christ. We're looking and knowing that deliverance is not for all. I'm not just talking about uh, Jesus coming again. I'm talking about in our everyday life as Jesus prayed. He prayed the Lord's prayer. He says, let it be in earth as it is in heaven. We as believers are supposed to be bringing down heaven down to earth because this is where God wants he to, he, where he will establish his kingdom in us. Jesus told them in the New Testament, he said, the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of, God, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, as it says over in uh, the book of Romans, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 4.17. So as we read the scriptures and we study them and make those connections, that's what we got to do. The Bible said line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We take the word of God and we make the connections that God has laid, so plainly laid out to us. But if you don't, but if you're not a believer, you, re, you reject Jesus, you reject the word of God, you have not had your minds open for all of us when we were not believers in Christ, when we didn't have the Holy Spirit resident on the inside of us, when we, because when you're not a believer, you don't have that wisdom, that wisdom of God that comes with the Holy Spirit. Because every believer 
If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you declare him as your Lord and Savior, there is wisdom in you. There is love in you. That the nine fruits of the Spirit, as it says in the book of Galatians, all of these things are resident in you. The question is, have you received and released them? Have you, you got to get the knowledge of the, of the Son of God. And the only way you're going to learn about Jesus is through his word. The Bible says, in the beginning, St. John 1 and 1, was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. All the things that were created were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He created us. He established us. And by word, by his word, we are delivered. By his word, by his blood, we are covered and washed clean. The blood of Jesus has our destiny within it. We are destiny defined. We are, we are, our future has already been laid out. We are declared righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And I know I'm off the subject today somewhat, but I want to make it just established that what we see going on in the book of, of, of Exodus is that some of the same things as God brought his children out of uh, Egypt, out of bondage. He now wants to deliver his children now. We are the Moseses. We own our jobs, in our homes, in our schools, with our friends, where we're going out. We are the deliverer because we carry deliverance within us. Because we carry Jesus. We carry the Spirit of God. So as we go back now to the book of Exodus, and we're going to start now in the, in the fifth chapter, we'll see how that Moses is now, he's, he's, uh, he's met with the children of Israel, He's went forth and he's spoken to Pharaoh and said, told them to let my people go. And we're going to start in Exodus 5, verse 1. And it reads, And afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is this Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I don't know your God. I don't know the Lord. Neither would I let Israel go. Now remember, just a couple of chapters before, the Father told, the Lord told Moses that Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He will not want to let you go, but God said, I'm going to deliver you by a mighty hand. The Lord will speak the beginning, the ending from the beginning. He will tell you what he's going to do, and then he'll do it. To establish trust. Because trust is earned. The father earned trust. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But I want you to know that for our individual lives. For our lives today. The father earned the trust that we have in him. Because of what Jesus has done. And what he has continually, do for, has, what he continually does for us. Not only after we got saved. But before you were saved. You know all the crazy that we all got into. Crazy situations with crazy people doing crazy things. And we look back and say, if it were not for the mercy and grace of God, I would not be here today. And it might, sometimes it wasn't because of the things that you were doing. It's the, it's the people that you were with. But by God's grace and his mercy, he spared us because he could look into our future and see our accepting of him, our acceptance of him. And as we read these scriptures now, we will see that God proves himself, not only to Pharaoh, but he does it to, the, to his children, to Moses and Aaron. 
He says, I'm worthy to be trusted. I'm worthy for you to believe in because I do what I say. So Moses said in this, in the, rather, uh, Pharaoh says in uh, Exodus 5 and 2, he says, 5 and 2, rather, he says, I don't know the Lord, neither will I let you go. So it goes on down as when they make that, make that, uh, they make that, that, that call to Pharaoh and said, we want, God said that you need to let us go because we're going to go into the wilderness and have a feast. And immediately Pharaoh, who is a representation of Satan, of the enemy, that's what Pharaoh represented, the enemy. See, they didn't know about Satan, but that's exactly what Pharaoh was doing. He was hindering the plan of God. But as you see God deliver these people, so has he already done this for us. See, they had to walk it out just like we have to walk it out. The victory is already there because God has already said it. He's already said what he's going to do. Psalms 89, 34, 34 says, let me go over there and read that real quick for you. That uh, Psalms 89, 34 says, my covenant will I not break. God's covenant is his word. God's covenant is his promise. We read uh, a little while back in the book of Psalms, I believe 138, he says, I, I exalt my name, uh, uh, my word above my name. God says, my word is my reputation, is who I am. If God breaks his word, he breaks who he is. He stops being God when he, when he does not do what he's declared. So over here in Psalms 89, 34, he says, my covenant will I not break. He said, I can't break my word. I can't stop being God. I refuse to stop being God. If I made a promise and you believe it and you trust in it, then you will see the manifestation of it in your life. So he goes on to say, my covenant will I not break nor alter the things that is gone out of my lips. He said, I can't do it. You've heard that the scripture over in Numbers uh, 1923, said God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Why? Because he's God and he's faithful and he is truth. So they made the decree to Pharaoh. They given them God's word. And let's see, let's see what, uh, what else Pharaoh does down in the 10th verse. And it says, and the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers and they said to the people this is what their order comes down from Pharaoh I will not give you straw he says go out get you straw where you find it you not out of your work neither shall be diminished in other words they said we got a quota on you you got to make bricks before I was giving you straw now you got to go get your own straw I'm not supplying you anything because he was defying. He was standing against what God was saying. And this is why I say, this is what the enemy will do. When God gives you a word, when he gives you a promise, and you begin to let that word settle in your heart, as Jesus said over in the New Testament, he says, this is like uh, a farmer or takes the seed out and throws it out. He, he's, he, 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 he sows it. He says, some fall fall upon rocks. Some upon stone, rather. Some upon uh, stony, stony ground. Yeah. Some of these things, they, 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 they don't take root. Some of them spring up quick. But see, as a believer, we have got to allow the word of God to sink down in our heart. But Satan comes to snatch the word from you. 
When God gives you a word, Satan wants to take it. Because if you receive it, it will manifest. Sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes it may take a week or a month, whatever the case may be. When you establish in your heart that, Lord, I'm with you. I will not take down. I will not quit. I will not take it back because you have said, my covenant will I not break. Nor alter the things that have come out of my lips. That's the same proclamation we've got to make. Is Lord, I trust you. Because you are God, you are good, and you are faithful. All right, so let's go on. And the people said, this is the 12th verse. Brother, the people, they were scattered. They went all around. They, went out, they were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And we're going to go down now to the 19th verse. And see, again, this is what the enemy does. Whenever you get a word, he comes to distract you. He's coming to take it from you. Now, you hear, hear a wonderful message from the pastor. Or you receive a word of, word of faith, a word of encouragement that God gives you from a fellow sister or brother. And, uh, or the Lord can just feed you out of his word as you read it. And it seems like the words just leap off the page and you know it's for you. And immediately, it could be overnight, it could be the next day, something comes to distract you. Now you get a bad report from school that, 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 that uh, a junior been cutting up at school. Baby girl, you know what? She didn't, she didn't come home uh, uh, at the proper time. Should have been home at 8. Now she comes home at 11. And something else to distract you. The enemy's job is to take and steal the word of God from you. Our job is to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you that you have my daughter. I trust you that you have my son. I trust you, Lord. Yes, you do discipline. Yes, you and, and you take the word. But that comes a time when you've got to correct them with your words. Say, Look, I, I'm trusting God with you. I told you what to do and you disobeyed me. And that comes an age when you, you know, the, 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 what we call corporal punishment where you spank them or whatever the case may be. That comes a time, no days are over. Now you got to trust God. The Lord, I put them in your hands. I, I put this, this job in your hands. You can't force people to do right. But what you can do is you can put the situation in God's hand. What did he say? He said, cast your cares upon me. For he cares. Give your cares to God for he cares much for you. He cares much for me. And see, I know I'm going from the Old Testament to the New Testament because we are New Testament believers. But we can look back and see this great Feet that God has promised them. We're talking about two to three million people who've been enslaved for 400 years. And God tells them from a sheep herder and his brother, who was a fellow slave with them, I'm getting you out and they are going to not send you out empty. God said this. That's the same thing that, that the, uh, the, the, the gospel writer says. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in hell, even as your soul prosper. I believe that's in 1 John 3. Or 3 John, rather. He says, I wish above all things. Why? Because it's the will of God that you prosper, that everything that God has, if God has it and he puts it in your hand, he desires for it to multiply, to increase. Everything about God is about to increase. Everything. The fruit, the trees, the fish, the animals, everything increase. 
He puts money in your hand. He wants us to increase. Because God wants not only you to have, he wants you to have extra so you can support the kingdom. So his kingdom can be established on the earth. So that the word of God, so that the gospel can be preached. It can go to the four winds. This is why God wants his people blessed. Not for you to have 21 cars and 17 houses and, you know, every, a meat coat in every room. That's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with you having a car. Nothing wrong with having a mean coat. Nothing wrong with having a Cadillac or Mercedes or whatever you want to have. The, press, the thing of it is, God desires for you to have things. He doesn't want the thing to have you. Just go down to the 19th verse. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case. And it was said, ye shall not diminish aught from the bricks of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way, as they came from Pharaoh. And they said to them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servant, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evilly and evil entreated this people? Why is it that you sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he had done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. See, everybody's got to grow. The children of Israel got to grow and learn who God is. Moses just began his ministry. And it's the same thing as we see happening with Moses. Moses had to mature. He had 40 years as a sheep herder. Now God has elevated him to a leader of two to three million people. And he's learning God too. He's learning the, the ways of God. See, the people of God, the children of God, they saw his mighty acts. They saw him throw down the, uh, the rod and it turn into a serpent. And him to reach back down and pick it up and it, and it uh, developed into his rod. They saw him put his hand into his bosom and bring it out and it was covered with lep leprosy. Put it back in and it was, it was uh, as it was before. But they saw the acts. But Moses was still getting to know God. That it's not over till God says it's over. That's what we have to learn, beloved. If God says a thing, he's going to do it. Jesus said, in your patience. I know he promised to bless you. He promised to uh, save your son. He promised to, uh, to give you that job. He promised to give you promotion. He promised that he was going to bless you. He promised what God promised. He also will provide. For he that promised is faithful also to perform it. He's a faithful God. And a trustworthy God. Because he keep his word. We're going to end with that today. But I just want to let you know. Trust God. And again I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Over in the book of uh, Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. Um, I believe it's Galatians 6. Galatians 6 and 9. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Child of God, don't be weary of doing good. Don't be weary of praying. Don't be weary of standing don't be weary of serving. Don't be weary 
said, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season, when God says it's time, nothing can stop it. Nothing can hold it back. It's like a tsunami. Nothing stands in front of a tsunami. Those waves, of tsunami, it, it, it knocks down, it pushes over, it floods. No matter what, it can be a battleship, it can be a wall. If, it's a, if, if, if the tsunami is, is big enough, the wave is tall enough, it'll just roll right over the ship. It'll roll over houses, it'll roll over buildings. It'll roll over and push down. That's what God is saying to you today. Don't quit. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Father, we thank you for this day, this hour. We thank you, Lord God, for all your many blessings you've given unto us. We trust you, Lord, with our heart, our mind, and our soul. We trust you, Lord, that you are faithful and good. And Lord, we just thank you for this day. And we pray, Lord God, as you have blessed your people in the past, we pray, Lord, as for our manifestation of the things you've promised unto them. And as they stand, I pray their hearts will be encouraged today. I pray, O oh God, that they will get a run in their feet, an encouragement in their heart, that the joy of the Lord will overflow them as they trust in your word and believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you again, Father, for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Join us again here on Journeys in Grace.